And um, as we continue to study the book of Romans, we're um, in chapter 8, 12 through 17 today. Paul writes, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons, daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Let's pray together. God, we uh, thank You for Your Word that brings life and truth and hope. But Jesus, as You often said, uh, let anyone who has ears hear. And so we pray for ears to be opened to what Your truth has to say to our lives today. God, we pray that Your Word would move in this place, would move in our lives to draw us closer to You. Jesus, that You would increase and that we would decrease. So speak through Your truth today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I encourage you to keep your Bible open and continue to, to look at that passage today. And I want to I ask you uh, if you've ever heard of the national debt. And I have an image up here. Uh, if you go to this website, uh, and I guess it's called US Clock, usdebtclock.org or something. And I did not research it to know how they have all this information. But anyways, it'll kinda, it supposedly gives you a running uh, idea of what the national debt is like. So you have the red and you have the green. And so how much we're, uh, the, the U.S. government is being given versus how much it's spending. And of course, the debt far outweighs the giving. And so if you watch that clock, it's really interesting because the debt is just so fast. How much is being spent? versus how much is being given or, or taken in taxes, however you want to look at that. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it's our, our, na- our national debt is, is, is crazy. How we, our government, uh, is outspending what it takes in. Uh, but that's our life. Um, if you think about, if you look at you know, your life in, in a religious sense, that some way you're going to work your way up to, to overcome the sin that you've done, uh, that somehow you're going to be enough and, and do enough and, and give enough to outweigh the debt that you owe to God, it's, it's never going to work out. Um, the, the, uh, the message that I pray we all hear today is that we are debtors. Our sin debt is never going to outweigh what we owe God, who's given us life and breath, a God that is holy and righteous and perfect. It's never gonna. It's never gonna work out. And so Paul reminds us, as as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are debtors, and our debt is great, so great that we can never pay it back. When you think about the national debt that we have as a nation, how are we ever gonna pay that back? I have no idea, but I know that as sinners, we will never be able to pay that debt back to God. It's impossible. It cannot happen. 
No religion is good enough. No preacher is good enough to lead you into that. No works are good enough. We are debtors. And he goes on to say that, but we're not debtors according to the flesh to live according to the flesh. It's not the flesh that we owe that debt to. Uh, it's we are debtors to the Holy Spirit of God. We desperately need grace every moment of every day. And so our first sermon note here is Jesus paid it all. And I pray that you would hear that. Jesus paid it all. And every believer is a debtor. Every believer is a debtor because we're absolutely dependent on the Holy Spirit. If you truly want to live a Christ-exalting, God-glorifying life, you cannot do it without dependence. Minute by minute, dependence on the Holy Spirit. It cannot happen. You will not do it. And so that's the key. God doesn't just save us so that we can just say, I'm saved and I, and I, and I go to church and check off boxes. You're saved so that you will live a life that exalts Jesus Christ. A life that brings glory to the God that created you by walking in His Spirit, by trusting in Him, by being dependent on the Holy Spirit. I thought about a parable in, in Matthew 18, and we'll probably run out of time, so I may not dig into it too much, but you can study that parable in Matthew 18. But basically, the gist of it is, Peter says to Jesus, how often do I have to forgive somebody? How often do I have to forgive my, my brother? And, uh, and so, you know, he says, do it, you know, uh, but Jesus says, I do not say seven times, but 70 times seven. So basically, Jesus tells Peter, there's unlimited. You have to live in forgiveness. And then he goes into this parable uh, about this kingdom. Uh, about the kingdom of heaven, but it's a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. Uh, and so there's a servant that owes him 10,000 talents, which would have been a whole lot of money in that day. Uh, and, uh, and he says, it's time to pay up, buddy. I'm calling in that debt. Uh, it's, time to, it's time to pay that debt. And the servant says, I don't have it. I, I can't pay that debt. And so his children are going to be sold. His wife's going to be sold so that the payment can be made but the servant falls on his knees and implores him, please be patient. I'll pay you everything. Of course, there's no way he would have ever paid it. But this master had pity on him. And he released him and he forgave him the debt. If the story ended there, that would be awesome. That'd be amazing. And how many people end right there? Oh God, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to live for you, Lord. I'm going I'm I'm to be a, a, a person that puts you first. And then once we feel like, oh, we're okay, we've, we've done our religious duty, then we go live however we want. And we just continued. And that's what the servant does. As soon as the servant's forgiven, he finds somebody who owes him a little bit of money. Like two years' wages versus two days' wages. A little bit of money. And he says, you're going to pay me that money. And he starts to choke him. And says, you better pay me what you owe. And the servant pleads with him and says, oh, please have patience with me. I'm, I'm going I'm to pay you. I'm going to pay you. But he refused. And he went out and he put that man in prison until the debt would be paid. And then when that took place, 
the other servants were really distressed. They go to that master and they tell him what happened. And the master says, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. That's us. When we, uh, when we uh, you know, say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've given everything to Jesus. I believe in Him. I put my trust in Him. But then I go out choking people and demanding things from them and, and, uh, and, and you know, not living that life that is all about Jesus, that is truly dependent on the Holy Spirit. Here's a quote from Augustine. He said, Let him who desires to be harsh in making demands upon his debtors consider that he is God's debtor. When we're out making demands on people, you owe me this, and you should, you, you know, that preacher didn't smile at me, or, or my Sunday school teacher did this or that, or, or those church people or whatever, right? We're making all these demands on people like they owe us something. We're not living like servants of the Holy Spirit that just, just excited that we belong to Him, that He forgave us. That He died for me. He forgave me. I don't care what people do. I don't, you know, nobody owes me anything. My Savior did it all. He paid it all for me. We are debtors and we don't owe anything to the flesh, He goes on to say. Jesus paid it all and the believer in Christ doesn't owe the flesh anything. Living for the flesh, Paul says, leads to death. I know it looks glorious. Those people are having so much fun. Living their own truth. Just being whatever they want to be. Doing whatever they want to do. That's great till they die. And they spend eternity in hell separated from their Creator. That's not a good plan. I don't want that plan. I'm going to follow the One who rose from the dead. I'm going to let Him tell me what I am and what I should do and how I should live. And then I'm going to be totally dependent on Him to do it because I can't do it. Living for the flesh leads to death. And living in the Spirit kills the flesh and produces spiritual life. So that's what he says there. For if you live according to the flesh, you die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Are you struggling with sin? Are you struggling with with, uh, just that feeling of somebody owing you something and having a grudge and and, just living with unforgiveness and bitterness in your life? Then you need to walk in the Spirit. You need to pray. You need to seek God with all your heart. You need to find other believers to lay hands on you and pray with you regularly. In that way, you put to death. Be in here today if your heart is right. You're putting to death the, 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 the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, because you're being obedient to be here for God, to be here to glorify His name. Living in the Spirit kills the flesh, produces spiritual life. That debt to the flesh, is that guy ever going to make it up? Never. Right? Eventually, our grip is going to give out, and we're going down when we live according to the flesh. Galatians 5.16 But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
And I promise, however great your sin is, my sin is great. And I had great strongholds in my life that would have never been broken on my own, except that I began to live God first and, and, and be obedient in, in little things and trust in Him and, and rest in Him. And that is what we have to do. Our next point, Jesus paid it all so believers would be united with Him. Jesus didn't pay it all so you could just give Him lip service and say, oh, I'm a Christian. He lit, so you'd be united. You're one with Him. Right? Through a blood covenant. Family bond. That's a long word that I maybe made up, but think about that. A blood covenant family bond. When you're related to somebody, we say it's by blood. Right? And, and that's kind of take, carries more weight. Or sometimes you'll say, well, they're, they're not a blood family member, but they're like a family member, which kind of means they're really not uh, a family. Right? But in Christ, we are blood because He shed His life for us on the cross. And so that's how united He wants you to be with Him. That He was willing to die and suffer and become your sin. The worst things about you, the worst things that you'll ever do or could have possibly done, He took upon Himself so that you might be united with Him. So that you would hear His voice and be led by His Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you see yourself as that? Are you truly identified as a blood child of God. The blood of Jesus Christ uniting you with the Creator. Totally dependent on Him. Totally united with Him. That's got to be our heart and our goal. That's where freedom is. That's where life is. To be a debtor to the Spirit of God. To be a debtor to the grace and mercy of God. It frees us frees us from so many strongholds that damage us and cause us to leave bitter lives. The third point, Jesus paid it all so believers... Oh, I just said that. I'm sorry. Oh, John 10. I'm caught up now. John 10, verse 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. Are you His sheep? Do you hear His voice? He says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of My hand. My Father who has given them to Me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. How awesome is that? Do you hear His voice? Are you led by His Spirit? Jesus paid it all, and through His gifts, believers are children of God and heirs and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So to be an heir means we're family. We're blood family. We inherit the riches of Jesus Christ. 
He paid it all so that we might inherit what is His. Be a very part of Him. But there will be suffering in this life on this earth. And it's important that we don't leave that out. Oh, I want the inheritance! But I don't want to suffer to get it. And, uh, and that's not how it works. We've got to be ready for the spiritual battles that we're going to face if we want to be glorified with Him. He says that in verse 7, if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we might also be glorified with Him. Suffering leads to glory. We're going to suffer with Him so that we might be glorified with Him. In Mark 8.31, He says, And He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. On Wednesday, we, uh, we started that 40-day period between when Jesus we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus um, and, uh, and when He began that, uh, entering in. And, and so we, uh, we want to enter this season of, of thinking through what Jesus has done for us. That He set His face toward Jerusalem. And He knew He was going to the cross. And He, and he tells them this way ahead of time. He's going to suffer many things. He's going to be rejected by the very people that He created that He saved, that the, 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 the Israelites that He delivered from slavery. He's going to be rejected by the ones that were supposed to know God and then killed. But the hope in that is that He would rise again for us to be saved, for us to be united with Him as family, as blood covenant family members. He had to go to that cross and die for us and suffer. And so if we're going to identify with Him, if we're going to follow Him, we must be ready to be rejected, to even be killed, to be hated for what we believe about God, for who God is, for what Jesus Christ has done for us. So I want to challenge you today to think about that. Are you not, don't live your own truth. That's the worst advice on earth today that you'll hear all over the media and all over the, uh, the television. Live for Jesus Christ who is the way and the truth and the life. Are you living like everybody owes you something? Is that how you're living? Everybody owes you something. Or are you living in the truth that Jesus paid it all and we're debtors only to Him. We've got to be careful because that sinful nature rises up in us and we think, oh, they owe me this and they owe me that and we live like people ought to bow down to us when we should be on our knees living at the feet of Jesus Christ, longing for Him, worshiping Him. So I have an image. Are you living like this guy with a chip on your shoulder? <laughs> Is that how you're going through life, right? You have a giant chip on your shoulder. My spouse owes me this. My boss owes me this. My whatever. My family. 
and I go around with this giant chip on my shoulder because I truly think everybody ought to worship me. And happiness is when people worship me. When people do what I want. And you're going to end in misery. Your life is going to probably end alone and miserable. Because you think that and that's how you think you're created. Or are you living in the truth that Jesus Christ paid it all? Living that life that is just before the cross. I'm living for Him. It's all about Him. My happiness, my joys, it's, it's a blessing when people are part of that, but if people mistreat me, if people reject me, if people spit on me and tell lies about me, I'm not living for them. I'm living for Him. I owe everything to Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes together today. And I want to encourage you to really seek that out. Ask yourself today, what's standing in the way from, of you living before Christ, living truly united in Him with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength? Maybe there's a grudge there. Maybe that certain person comes to mind. And today, God's saying, deal with it. Repent of it. Let go. And be a debtor to Him. Get on your knees before Him. If you're a believer today and you're saying, I love Jesus and yet I hate so-and-so, you're not loving Jesus. You're trying to use Jesus. And that ain't going to work. Turn it over to Him. Let Him heal what is hurting and what is diseased and uh, what is out of touch with Him. And if you're here today and you haven't been saved, you know you're not united with God, you sense that in your heart today that your sin separates you from the God that created you. That you don't have a relationship with God. Start that today. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord right now. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and be saved today. I want to invite the whole church to repeat this prayer after me, but if if you know you've never prayed this prayer, pray it with us. All of us start here. We start by asking God to save us. And so as the whole church says this together, I encourage you to say it to Him with your whole heart for the first time. But repeat after me. Say, thank You for loving me, God. I confess that I've sinned against You. I believe that Your Son Jesus died on a cross to pay for my sin. And that You raised Him from the dead. I trust Jesus alone to forgive me and take away all my sins. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Thank You for Your gift of eternal life. 
We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, we encourage you during this time of invitation to come forward and let us know. That's how you confess Him as Savior and Lord and unite with us because our next step is to get you involved in studying God's Word. You need to be baptized. Take that next step of obedience uh, and, and get right with Him. So as we have this time of invitation and we sing this song, Jesus Paid It All, I just encourage you, if you have a need as a believer, a spiritual struggle going on, come forward and let us pray with you. Uh, Whatever is going on in your life, but if you prayed that prayer with us today to receive Christ as your Savior and Lord, come down.